Jessica Morris talked with us today about her new position as Public Service Library Manager for the Northern Lights Library System and about two cool features at libraries in Saskatchewan she worked at. A library with a see-through floor and a library that used an alligator to deliver books to patrons. Hi Jessica. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing well and yourself? I'm really good. Thanks for, thanks for talking to us today on the Trackpack Road Trip podcast. It is my pleasure. I'm really excited to uh, be here and be joining the community. Yeah, so where um, you're a new librarian at the Northern Lights um, library system at Elk Point. Um, yes. Did you work in any other libraries before then? Um, yes. Uh, so uh, when I finished my MLAS, I started out as a community librarian at Edmonton Public Library. And then I was the assistant head librarian at Moose Jaw Public Library. And then most recently, I was the downtown uh, library manager in Regina Public Library. Oh, nice. Now you're in Elk Point. What's your position yep. in Elk Point now? Um, so in Elk Point at the Northern Lights Library System headquarters, I'm the public services manager. Okay. So it's my job to make sure we're serving the libraries um, to the fullest and best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. Have you used um, the interlibrary loan system there yet? Which is, which uh, I is haven't fun. used it here yet, but when I worked at Edmonton Public Library, I used the interlibrary loan system quite a lot because I did a lot of programming, and uh, even with a huge collection like that, I still couldn't always find what I needed. Exactly. So I'm a big fan of being able to get the book I need in a timely fashion, which oh. is pretty amazing. How does um, how do you find the interlibrary loan system compared between Saskatchewan and Alberta? Um, functionally, it's very similar um, because uh, in Saskatchewan, libraries loan items through the system called SILS, um, which effectively um, does the same thing. It uh, reaches out to all of the smaller systems in the province and um, it collates all of their collections. So uh, if your local library doesn't have what you need, um, you can do a broader search of the whole province and um, place a request just as if you belonged to any of those other communities. Mm -hmm. um, so if the book's on a shelf within a few days, it's in your hands, which yes. is pretty awesome. Yes, it is. And just for the price of a library card, which in some cases now is free. Yeah, in Saskatchewan, library cards are free. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that trend continues to spread across Alberta too because not everybody can afford, you know, even it might make the difference between like a cup of coffee or a sandwich one day um, mm -hmm. having to pay library fees. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of in favor of free stuff. Yeah, in Cole Lake here we've, um, it's free memberships and we've waived our overdue fines. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys have done with, away with overdue fines as well? Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. High five. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we've been finding that, so here in Coal Lake, we have a population of about 15,000 people, and we find people are using TrackPack for interlibrary loans even more now with okay. COVID and curbside. So just oh, yeah. this past, like our last statistics were December, and we had about 2,000 um, holds through 
track pack just for the south branch in Coal Lake, and then about a thousand for the north branch in Coal Lake. So about three thousand for the month. Holy smokes! So that's, that's a lot. That's a lot coming in. We're um, <laughs> our library patrons here really, really use and love track pack, and the staff as well. Oh, that's so good to hear. That warms my heart. It's really important that communities. Um, know enough about their libraries to see the value in them. In Saskatchewan, we, you know, we went through a tough time in 2017 where, you know, some people in power didn't know the value of our libraries, but it turned out that the communities did. And mm -hmm. so hearing that the communities are um, coming out loudly for Alberta's libraries, or at least in Cold Lake, uh, is, that's very reassuring to me. I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So do you have any... Um, plans for your first few weeks or months there in Northern Lights? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm planning to get a strong grasp on, um, you know, what is what has been historically done from my position. And then um, the other side of it is I want to do a fair bit of talking to the librarians um, in the member libraries um, to get a better sense of what they need and what they've been missing and what they've been looking for and hoping for. Um, because, you know, the, the purpose of Northern Lights existing is to uh, help make, you know, smaller regional libraries stronger. Um, and so I can do that better by understanding, um, you know, how the different libraries work and what the communities are like and what, um, what gaps they see in their own um, their own ability to, to fill services or offer programs. Um, and in the longer term, I'm really hoping to make it out to a number of libraries this year to not just hear about um, the communities, but to um, kind of walk the streets and, oh, that sounded, <laughs> I didn't mean it the way that sounded, but to like get to know the communities in person um, to get a better sense of, um, you know, what life is like in those communities. Um, because I don't just want to be a disembodied head in an office. I want to be, you know, um, an active member of, of the Northern Lights community. So you may be seeing my face sooner or later this year. Oh, we'd love to have you in Cole Lake and we would tour you around. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'm actually living in Bonneville, so I'm not very far from you either. Oh, Bonneville has a beautiful library as well. Yes, that's yes. what I've heard. If only I could go through the doors and look at it. <laughs> Um, I wanted to uh, tell you that Northern Lights has been really helpful with, um, because patrons can't come physically into the library now in Coal Lake, um, Northern Lights has been very helpful with helping patrons set up um, a library card virtually. Oh, yeah, and the we get, cards. We get multiple requests every day about patrons here wanting to know how to get that library card. So we're directing them to that site and we're then they're able to access at least digital materials yeah until we um, I'm I was really relieved to see um how popular the, t the temporary card uh has been because that's a clear indication that people are missing their libraries and they are you know they're looking after themselves they're doing what they can to access the resources that they need mm -hmm. so I think that's amazing that's really good to hear yes and even though we've been um being very creative with our programming because people can't come into the library. One of the events that um, we're working on actually this weekend, have you heard of Festival of Words? Um, well, there's a, there's a Festival of Words in 
Saskatchewan, but I wonder, I don't imagine it's it's the same thing. I would love to hear about it. Um, ours takes place, well, Coal Lake Community Learning Centre in Coal Lake puts it on every year, and we we help out. And so this year it has to be virtual for the first time, but it's a family literacy event that takes place the last Saturday in January. Oh. So um, we're going to be involved with that this weekend. And um, how do people how do people access it? Is it like on Facebook or is it yeah is there they, a site that they use? Yeah, it's on their um, web page and through social media. Oh, that's yeah. very neat. I'll have to check that out. Is there a fee to get on? No, no, Sorry, it's all is, no, it's all free. This sounds just like a promo, but that's very cool. Yeah, their theme is um, celebrate Canada, so they're having. Um, just a lot of literacy activities, but they're all going to be online, and then they have prizes and uh, things like that. Oh, I love the sound of that. So um, we're glad that we're still able to do some programming. Yeah. As we um, as we're so close to the public. It's yeah, such a steep learning curve too. I think um, it's kind of been understood in libraries that online programming is you know. Not as good as in-person programming, but now that we've only got one option, it's kind of good enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we had Alberta Health Services contact us, and they're running um, a class, a virtual class, and they wanted to know if they could send their textbooks to us so we could put them through the system so they're available through interlibrary loan for their students. So oh. those are being mailed to us. So that's another way that TrackPack is helping get materials out to the public. That's a great idea. Yeah. I've never heard of a university doing that before. Oh, no, sorry, AHS, Alberta Health Services. Oh, sorry, Alberta Health. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But so, that's still a great idea. Yeah, we're partnering with them for that. That's very exciting. I'm really looking forward to being able to make it out to Cold Lake and get to know your libraries better. Yes. Or they reached out to you, Alberta Health? Yes, they emailed us. Oh. What a great idea, and so awesome that they thought of the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I've been out in Alberta for, what, four years now? Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited about all the hear the things that I'm hearing about now that I'm back. Oh, I had a question about um, a library in Saskatchewan, the, okay. Moose, the Moose Shell Library. Mm-hmm. Is it true that they have a glass floor that you can see down below? Um... Yes, it is. What what does that look like? I've I've heard about it, but I can't even imagine what it's like. Can you describe it? Um. Well, it's. I mean, the truth is, is that it's kind of cloudy now. Oh. <laughs> it's not as it's it's a gorgeous library itself, uh -huh. like with marble pillars. When you walk in the like the front doors, the rotunda is like all like circular um, marble pillars and like big sweeping staircases. Mm -hmm. um, but the uh, the glass floor is, um, I don't think you can see through it anymore. Oh, okay. But once upon a time you yeah. could? Yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, and nice. kids used to come in and love to stare down it and like get a little bit freaked out standing <laughs> over it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Musha is a, a gorgeous library. It's built in like the old Carnegie style, uh -huh. and um, 
it has like so it has like really really cool old program rooms with like hardwood floors and big fireplaces and it just feels like you're in an old time manor like it's just absolutely gorgeous it was such a dreamy library i and the archive out there is really 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 good too Mm -hmm. um so it was uh, recently kind of recatalogued and sorted by an archivist who came for just like a short term and made the whole space like so much more accessible to the community so they can come in and do their um, prairie history and family research and stuff and it, it's way better oh, yeah nice. no Musa is doing really they, they're doing really cool things with their library they're not um, able to have people in their stacks right now either but mm-hmm. Um, they're doing, you know, similar things with curbside pickup and that kind of thing. Oh, were you there? Um, I was looking at the Regina Public Library, and the way they were delivering their books to patrons, um, someone there had made this huge wooden alligator oh. crocodile, and they <laughs> yeah. stood on the top of the stairs, and they slid the books right down the alligator, the crocodile, and it goes right down his body and out his mouth, and then people pick them up. <laughs> Yeah, that was my branch. Um, oh, I just love yeah, so that. One of our art curators, um, or the art preparators, he made this slide for us because there's a fairly steep staircase when you first come in the doors. Yes. And we kind of felt that to have staff going up and down the stairs over and over again in order to serve customers would be really hard on their knees. Um, our staff are not all spring chickens. Um, and so he created this slide to help um, make the process a little bit easier. And yeah, people lined up just to see the slide. And then they're like, no, I don't want anything. And then they would go. <laughs> I mean, we did have, we had lots of people using the pickup system, but a lot of people just came to look at the slide. <laughs> It was really cute. Oh, here? And here I thought it was because just to keep, like, socially d- distance even more? Well, we... It did help uh, with that, we were, we were using cables through the door in order to be socially distanced. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was to help kind of protect our staff's uh, yeah. physical health. <laughs> yeah, that would have worked, too. But we still had to scan their cards. So we had to we had to at least come up to the window so that we could scan their cards through the window. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was really cute. Kids kids would come with their parents, and they'd be peeking through the window to watch their <laughs> library materials get uh, delivered to them by the little alligator. Now, was it possible to do it in reverse too, so people could return their books that way, or was it just to receive books? It was only to receive only to books. Receive. Okay. We um, we had our book drop open, but the book drop um, you have to go um, you have to go up the ramp to get to the book drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was on the same level as the top of the crocodile. So, unfortunately, you were pretty much... We should have made it into a monster space or something, too, to keep the entertainment going now that I think of it. I'll have to I'll have to send Kim McDonald an email and give her my advice. <laughs> yeah, I've always been wondering and thinking. I'm always thinking about fun ways to return and give out books. It, like, with our book oh, yeah. and stuff, there's probably so many things we could do. And, and especially, like, when you have young readers, it helps mm-hmm. to make the library a more magical place. Yes. Like, I even remember when I was working at Lois Hole as a library assistant, um, they had the automated um, book uh, return system. So the kids would come and they would slide their book onto the conveyor belt, and then they'd watch through the window as it got <laughs> processed and separated oh. into the right bin, and they loved it. Oh. So, yeah, anything you can do to kind of spark spark somebody's imagination, I think, is a really good idea. Yeah. Whether by science or by art. Mm-hmm. 
So if we could switch to kind of reader's advisory now. Are you a big oh, reader yourself or do you do digital books or podcasts or? I do a little bit of everything uh-huh. um, and I am a very big reader. Yeah, what are you currently reading, Jessica? Um, so I am, let's see, I'm going to just pull open my book app. So I usually read my books through Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just saying I love hardcovers. Um, I love to have a nice physical book in my hands, but I also never like to be without a book. Mm-hmm. So that kind of causes me to want to have it on my phone. So it's like always on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not in the right order. Do you use the Libby app for Overdrive? Um, I don't actually. I just oh. use the original Overdrive app. Okay. Um, I've I've tried out the Libby app and mm-hmm. I think it works fine, but I'm just kind of used to the layout of Overdrive. So mm-hmm. until it's not available anymore, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep reading it, um, or reading on it. So I'm reading a couple books right now. I'm reading Ruthless Gods by Emily A. Duncan mm-hmm. and A Stranger in Town by Kelly Armstrong, mm-hmm. and then Which is The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornacek, uh-huh. and they're all really different, but they're all really good. Um, the Witch's Heart is a story about um, Ragnarok, so like the Norse um, end of the world prophecy. Uh-huh. Um, but it's told from the perspective of this witch named Angraboda. And um, it's a story about, it's like her love story with, you know, uh, with Loki, the god of um, mischief. And it's about their children and their part in the um, prophecy. And it's about a woman who... Um, stops relying on others and starts trusting in herself and um, and basically just sort of does what she needs to do in order to protect her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. It's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous story. Um, for anybody who likes kind of historical, historical fantasy and um, kind of like lyrical prose, mm-hmm. this would be absolutely the book for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Stranger in Town is a Kelly Armstrong book. So mm-hmm. she wrote that book series, Bitten, that got turned yes. into, um, well, it's called The Women of the Other World, but it got turned into a TV show called Bitten. Um, and she is a really prolific writer. Like, if you if it turns out you like her, you're in luck. Uh-huh. She's got a zillion books. Um, but this is a series about um, a Yukon town called Rockton, mm-hmm. um, where people go... Um, to hide out for a little while when uh, factors in their lives um, put them in danger mm-hmm. uh, and they need to kind of go someplace till um, uh, the heat has died down and they can return. So it's, it takes place in this small town. Um, and what I like about these books is they're very close to nature mm-hmm. um, with uh, like exploring in the woods and hiking through the snow and, you know, having encounters with bears. Um, and then there's always some kind of murder mystery involved. Um, and of course a bit of romance, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like them. And, uh, I was reading, um, this book as I was packing up and getting ready to move and like really anticipating living, um, in a community that was just a little bit closer to nature than, um, Regina had been. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's another title that I've been reading and I really like. Mm-hmm. You, I could go on, but do you I don't know how tend many to read, books you want me to recommend. Do you t- tend to read, um, or listen to a few books at a time or one at a time? Um, I usually will read one or two at a time. Mm-hmm. Often I'll read um, a nonfiction 
and then uh, fiction at the same time so mm-hmm. that uh, my brain doesn't kind of confuse storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been reading Dare to, uh, Dare to Lead by Brené Brown. I've been listening to that in my car. Mm-hmm. And I really like Brené Brown. Um, frankly, her voice is so, um, soothing that she could be reading me the phone book and I would just be okay with it. Um, but she also has some really unique and, um, really, uh, logical ideas about leadership and about being, um, being being kind, mm-hmm. and I think that, especially when you're in a leadership position, um, also being kind and being a, a good communicator, um, they're two very, very important uh, qualities in a person. So, um, yeah, just kind of listening to her um, book and kind of taking from it what I can. Um, I, Brene Brown is another speaker and thinker that I would highly recommend to anybody who is looking for um, kind of a nudge in a intuitive and um, I'm going to just say kind direction. When we had empathetic, I guess. When we used to run um, our self help book club or self improvement book club, we did yeah. her one of her books, and people who were new to her wanted to read all of her books after we read mm-hmm. her first one. She yeah she's that, yeah that makes sense to me yeah, yeah she's. She is, she's a really intelligent woman, and she manages to explain herself in ways that um, I think are super accessible to, you know, pretty well anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, I was trying, <laughs> I was trying to explain the fact that I needed empathy to somebody um, because I was talking about an issue I had, and uh, he kept on just throwing <laughs> solutions at me, and, um, and so I showed I showed him the video of um, that she made about empathy. Uh, it's a little cartoon video, and it's maybe like three minutes long. Um, and it made a huge impression on him, and it completely changed the way that he communicated um, when it came to um, just, you know listening to other people's stories. Um, and I really like that. I like that one quick video by Brene Brown can completely change somebody's um, understanding of what it means to be a good listener. Oh, I have to look up that video now after. Oh, it's really good. It's only like three minutes. Yeah, Renee Brown, Empathy. It's on YouTube. Okay, I'll look that up. What do you think made you become a reader and loving books and reading? Can you pinpoint Um, a time or a memory or a book? I remember the very first book I was supposed to read and that I wouldn't read or I know I could have read it. I don't remember being illiterate, but I remember not liking it and not being able to focus on it. Mm-hmm. So the first book that I couldn't read was um, Anne of Green Gables. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the first book that really captured my attention and that I would um, I would definitely describe it as the first book that uh, made me into a reader was called The Book of Three by Lloyd Alexander. Mm-hmm. It's a story about this little boy, or I guess, you know, looking back on it, I think he might have been a preteen, but he seemed like a little boy to me, Um, maybe because I was a little girl. But anyways, his name is Taryn, and he is a foundling. He's a found child, and uh, he's being raised by this old man named Dalbin, and he 
is looking um, looking for ways to show that he's a man, and uh, Dalbin's solution to that is to make him the assistant pig keeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and anyways, the pig gets away. He goes on an adventure. Uh, it's full of magic and danger, and um, and it's really quite really quite exciting. And it's the first of a series. The second in the series, The Black Cauldron, was made into a cartoon movie for children a few years ago. And um, it was it was an absolutely terrifying book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was really surprised when they made it into a movie. And the movie was not quite as frightening as the book. Mm-hmm. But I remember being fairly horrified by the book as a maybe nine-year-old, ten-year-old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would highly recommend that series. Um, I think that even even as an adult, I would still uh, go back and read that series again. It's quite good. The magic is very unique. I'll have to look that up in Track Pack and see how many copies there are, and if we have a copy of this. <laughs> they series. are old. It's you know I I hope you have copies, but they are old books. You know it's almost even a primer for Lord of the Rings. You mm. know to get you get you ready for your first adult epic fantasy. Mm-hmm really great books um another book to look out for uh would be the name of the wind by patrick rothfuss um this is a book that i have recommended to people over and over again and my explanation for what a good book it is is that i read the back of the book this was when i still worked at a bookstore back when i was in university i read the back of the book and i thought to myself this book is going to destroy me (laughs) And I'm not kidding. That's what I thought. And I bought it maybe like three months later. And it took me another six months to work up the nerve to read it because I knew it was going to just mess me up. And it was so good. I was absolutely not wrong. This is hands down the best fantasy I've ever read in my life. Um, Tragically, uh, Patrick Rothfuss has not published the third book in the series yet so everybody that I recommended this book to is mad at me right now (laughs) because we're all waiting for it but it is an outstanding outstanding first um, book and it is some of the most gorgeous fantasy world building I've ever seen can you repeat the name of it again for everyone yeah it's called The Name of the Wind wind. and it's by Patrick Rothfuss if you liked um, if you liked The Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. then there's a very good chance that you would like The Name of the Wind. Um, the world building is similar in the sense of its comprehensiveness. Um, I was going to say, when you were uh, <laughs> talking there about older books, um, mm-hmm. that's the other nice thing about Track Pack, I find, is because we're connected to so many libraries, we're able to get some older materials okay. from other libraries. That is something that I grew to really appreciate um, mm. when I was working in Moose Jaw, was that um, we, yeah, we, we, could, we could access books from all over the province that, um, you know, a more, an independent library wouldn't have the space to keep on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, there's, I know that there's a line between hoarding books and keeping what's relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's amazing that when you have this many libraries working together to create a collection for the community, 
a very widespread community, the track community, um, the rural communities in, in Alberta. Um, I think it's amazing uh, how much you could make available. Yeah, we had um, someone come in, a patron come in. We couldn't find it on Track Pack, but we looked at Relay. Have you been able to use Relay yet? Um, I believe I used Relay... When it was called Tell? Yeah, yeah. when it was Tell. So this guy, he said there's no way, there's no way you're going to be able to find this old TV show. He said there's no way. And so, so sure enough, we looked... We couldn't find it in Track Pack, but we did find it in Relay, and it actually came in right before we closed down again. He was so happy, he was almost in tears, because really? he thought what it was, was going to be impossible. The name, I can't remember the name off the top of my head now, huh. but it was um, just an older TV series. Was it on was... DVD, or was it like a VHS tape? No, it was no, on, it was on DVD. They, no, they turned it into a DVD. But it was, it's just makes me so happy when I can see that something that we've brought in through the library gives yeah. someone that kind of happiness on their face and in his whole body. Yeah. When, yeah. I think when, when patrons discover that they can make these requests and we will do everything we can to get them what they're looking for, mm -hmm. um, it's an extremely liberating and gratifying experience mm -hmm. um, seeing, uh, you know, one, one particular patron come back over and over again with a new request and a new challenge um, because they've just discovered what an amazing resource the library is. It is, it's intoxicating, you know, yeah. as a professional, it's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. it, it's absolutely the thing that makes you kind of giggle when you're going home at the end of the day. Um, Northern Lights made me this big map of Alberta, where it shows where all the Northern Lights libraries are located, and so I'm I envisioned like that right now. I envisioned that when people start coming back to the library in person, and we hand them their interlibrary loan, we can point out on the map where it came from, at least for the Northern Lights ones. That's a great idea. Yeah, I think people will be, especially kids, will be really excited to see how far their book comes from. Yeah, like the travel it's that's made. a fantastic idea. It would be really neat to have a, like, I'm thinking, like, a, like a even bigger map than that, like, practically from floor to ceiling that would show all the libraries in Track Pack and even think, in Relay, and then we could point out to people where their books come from. <laughs> I think that would be amazing, and I think that that would really help people to, you know, appreciate and grasp the, uh, the journey that our books go on in order to get into their hands. And let people know that physically we're more than just this physical space with these physical items. We can just bring in so much more, plus all yeah, the digital absolutely. stuff we have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pseudo way of exploring your province, too. It's, you know, knowing, learning more about places that um, are far away but not disconnected from you. Mm -hmm. I like that idea very much. Mm -hmm. We're going to blow our marketing budget on, on maps this year. <laughs> Jessica, do you listen to any podcast you'd like to recommend to people? Oh, that's a good question. I like Night Vale. Welcome to Night Vale is really entertaining. And they got uh, turned into books? Weird. They got turned into books. Uh, they have made Night Vale books, too, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, Catherine Ryan has a podcast. She's mm -hmm. a comedian. Mm -hmm. um, 
she has a couple of different Netflix specials that I really like, and she has a podcast now, too, which um, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think she's very funny, and um, she's she's a snarky and authentic person, and I really dig her sense of humor. Do you want to know the one that I really like? Which one? There's one. It's on hiatus now, but I can't. I keep checking to see when it's going to start up again. It's called The Record Club. And so you know how people get together to talk about a book? Mm-hmm. Well, this takes place in a record store. And um, so every time they have a record club meeting, they get together, they invite the public, and they get together and they talk about one particular record. And then people come up on stage and they talk about stories and memories about certain songs on that record that they're talking about that week or about that um, particular singer. It is amazing. Oh, I love that. Really and it's called it. Record Club? Yeah, it's called Record Club. Mm-hmm. I'm looking that up in my Spotify right now. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, this might sound really nerdy, but that's like my dream, my dream night in is just listening uh, to records all night? in and listening to, yeah, a new oh, album no. and then just like talking about what that makes you think and mm-hmm. feel and, you know, where it all came from. So it's Kelly and Kelly? It's just, called, yeah, it's called The Record Club. I'm following it now so I can start listening to it. That's awesome. And then um, I also like even the art on records. You could talk about that, too, you know, at such mm-hmm. a meeting. Yeah. And anyway. that would make for a great program, like a great library program, too, oh, yeah. wouldn't it? It would. Being yeah. able to get together and talk about new releases. Mm-hmm. And a split between community and staff just kind of coming together and loving up on uh, media. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be amazing. Or... I even imagine something like you could play a song and everyone listens to it and then you talk about how it made you feel or. Um, yeah. Yes, definitely. Who it reminds you of. I like that idea a lot. Ooh, yeah. they talk about Jagged Little Pill. Yes, that was a great episode. The Alanis Morissette one was great. I think that was my oh. second or third listen. I might start with that one. Yeah. She has new stuff out this year. Did you know that? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking with us today. Neat. Oh, my pleasure. I'm always happy to talk books and stuff. I can't wait to look up those books now that you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I do. And if you read them, let me know what you think. I would I would love to talk about um, talk about them again with someone who's new to them. Okay. Well, you have a great day. Yes, you too. Thanks okay. for calling. Bye. Bye.